This is the Education Gadfly Show. Where are you calling in from? Uh, from Greenville, New York. Population me at the moment. <laughs> okay. What does Gadfly say? Hello, this is your host, David Griffith of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute here at the Education Gadfly Show and online at edexcellence.net. Uh, and now please join me in welcoming my co-host, Robert Pondicio. He's somewhere in the woods. Robert, are you there? I am, David. Good to talk to you. Where are you calling in from? Uh, from Greenville, New York. Population me at the moment. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and also joining me is Tim Shanahan, Distinguished Professor Emeritus at the University of Illinois uh, at Chicago. Calling in from somewhere in Illinois, I assume. I'm at, in Chicago, David. Happy to be here. Ugh. All right. I'm jealous, Tim. Chicago is possibly my favorite American city. Uh, all right. Well, so uh, let's get down to it. We're here today to discuss Tim's experience working on our newly released report, uh, The State of State Standards Post-Common Core. And Tim, as uh, readers of the report will learn, was uh, deeply involved in its creation uh, on the English language arts side, obviously. Um, So let me just start by tossing it over to you, Tim. The overarching goal of the report was basically to assess the State of the State Standards. What is the State of the State Standards in ELA? Oh, it's it's a mixed bag, but given that uh, the the Common Core standards are, are still uh, in place or largely in place for most states, uh, I think you'd have to say that overall the the picture is probably more positive than negative. Um, what has happened since the uh, Common Core was uh, developed and, and adopted by many states, uh, several states either. Uh, backed away from the standards and, and replaced them with their own standards, or they've made some kind of sizable changes to the standards. And I, I guess I'd have to say the the changes have probably uh, led to weakenings uh, rather than to improvements overall. Though there's there's some improvements too, but but overall the uh, it, it looks like states have have if anything weakened the ELA standards a bit. Okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, just for viewers who may not be, or listeners rather, who may not be intimately familiar with uh, what English language arts standards are actually like, can you give us just a sense of uh, what it was like to review them and, uh, you know, just um, what goes into strong English language arts standards uh, and why we, we feel like the Common Core are still a strong set of English language arts standards. Sure. The, the language arts standards, uh, you know, address what it is that students need to be taught uh, to, to be able to do in, uh, in the areas of reading and writing, oral language, and, 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 you know, various conventions like grammar and spelling and such. So they're, the, 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 as a set of standards, they're pretty extensive. Um, you know, there are, are you know, large numbers of, of, of uh, things that, that each state is saying that they'd like kids to be able to do. And, and of course, you're talking from, well, from kindergarten through grade 12, and in, in some states from preschool through grade 12, that they've, they've integrated them. Um, it is a formidable job to, to read through these standards and, and the supporting documents that states have put out uh, to explain them. Um, there are you know, documents from everything from just explaining the background and the history of, of what a particular state perhaps has done in ELA to 
crosswalks of of the current standards with their previous standards to you know various kinds of supporting documents in terms of textbook selection or perhaps just fleshing out uh, you know some of the particular standards with with you know greater numbers of specifics like whether those be phonic skills or or uh, sample texts that they think would be exemplary uh, choices for schools to make. Okay, and so what is, in your view, what was the biggest issue that uh, you and the other reviewers uncovered? What's the biggest problem out there, just in terms of the standards? Yeah. We'll get into implementation in a yeah, second Yeah, I here. think there, there are two, actually. Um, one is that the uh, the the Common Core standards had uh, specified text difficulty levels that, uh, it, instead of just uh, saying what it is that kids have to learn to read in terms of a set of skills, uh, actually indicating uh, the levels of text that that kids would have to be able to uh, implement those particular skills to to meet the standard. Uh, most states are, are staying with the idea that you have to specify those text difficulties. Some states have either done away with that uh, or they've weakened it in, in that particular standard in some particular way. And the second one where I think that there's been some weakening and there were real concerns for the panel was the the lack of, of disciplinary literacy standards for the secondary grade students, the upper grade students. The uh, Over the last 20, 30 years, research has been showing that there are some pretty unique uh, abilities required to, say, read science or write social studies, and, and, and that, that things are done differently in, in those particular fields of study. Uh, Common Core had specified some specific standards that kids would have to accomplish, and, and again, some of the states have either dropped that altogether or they've softened it in some ways that that makes us doubt whether kids are actually going to be college ready because they we don't think they'll be learning some of those specific skills. Okay, and I want to bring uh, Robert in here and hopefully maybe just transition to the question of implementation a little bit. Uh, Robert, do you want to jump in and what what's your burning question for Tim? Yeah, well, that was that was my question in listening in listening to Dr. Shanahan, who has forgotten more about standards than you and I will ever know, David. The the, the big question that comes up in my mind is implementation. I mean, uh, I I have said for for years now that standards interest me, frankly, about as much as building codes. Uh, they're they're not intrinsically interesting to me as a teacher. First, you decide what to teach, then you you know take down the standards, as it were, and pitch your lessons to standards. So, to me, the sixty four thousand dollar question and maybe Tim, you've got some insight into this, is what evidence do we see that practice is changing? You know, um, are, are we seeing those instructional shifts that we've talked about for so long? Are we seeing uh, you know, more challenging, worthwhile texts in front of children or not? I realize that's an impossibly broad question, but uh, give us some encouraging news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you know, we're probably uh, not really implementing a lot of these standards. Um, you know, over the last few years when uh, the stand, uh, well, let me go back. 2009, 2010, the Common Core standards get produced by uh, a, a group of, of 48 states. Uh, those states, uh, you know, band together uh, to develop these these standards in these core learning areas. And, the, and co the, the standards were common in the sense that they were going to share them. 
many, you know, most of the, the participating states ended up adopting those standards, though again, some backed away. When it, the uh, Obama administration embraced the standards and, and offered to put some money behind uh, new tests to, for the states to be able to monitor success with these standards, uh, there started to be some political pushback. Uh, the standards got discussed a, a lot more than they did at that point than, than when they had been adopted. And, and what I think happened, even though most states actually hung in there with those standards, you know, my sense of what happens in education when anything becomes controversial, you know, this involves kids and, and people start to pull back. And so I think a lot of states adopted the standards and then went, but let's not talk about this too much. Let's, uh, you know, in, instead of making a, right, a, you know, kind of right. a full court press to now, you know, let's implement these, let's put in the professional development for our principals and teachers that we need to, let's put in the textbook selection standards that we need to, and so on, to make sure that these policies are followed. I think instead what, what folks did is just went, you know, we adopted these, let's just sort of soft pedal it because we don't want to, to uh, you know, get that controversy going in our schools, and I certainly appreciate that. But what we're seeing uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, David and, and uh, Amber Northern, uh, also at, at uh, the Fordham Institute, issued a, uh, a report of uh, a survey conducted with teachers. And, and one of the things that really stood out to me nationwide was that even though the states have increased this requirement to teach kids with, say, grade-level textbooks, uh, what we saw is that even a smaller percentage of teachers indicating that they're doing so uh, now, you know, several years after these new standards have been put in place. So, Instead of it increasing uh, uh, adherence to you know particular goals and, and directions, uh, if anything, uh, you know the the, the slippage uh, has, has continued, and, and and schools aren't necessarily even attempting to to teach some of these standards. Robert, is that your take as well? What, what do you attribute that to, uh, Tim? Do you, is this just the resilience of practice? I'm going to do it this way because I've always done it that way, or or is, uh, is it the marketplace? What, what, what's what's uh, for example causing this 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 incredible love affair that we yeah. have in this country? Yeah, well, again, media? you know, this probably requires just a little bit of background explanation before I can answer the the question. Uh, if if you've ever you know been in a classroom, and, and I know you have, Robert, uh, what, one of the things that is, is apparent is if youngsters are having serious problems reading, say, a grade-level textbook, uh, teachers struggle. They have a lot of, of difficulty, and so they come up with routines to sort of get around that. And so that might mean that they read, read the text mm -hmm. to the kids or, or just tell them what the text say, get the information out, and don't worry about whether the kids can read it. Uh, and, and, and other kinds of things. And back in the 1940s, a, a reading educator uh, came up with the idea that the best thing you could do was to match kids to books in particular ways, match their levels, so that um, you know, the kids would be able to read the books and you'd increase the amount of learning that they'd get. And he claimed research behind this, though it turns out there really wasn't any. Uh, and so really for a generation, a few generations now, pretty much every teacher in the country has been taught that kids can't possibly learn from grade-level texts, that the, the texts have to be 
made easier. You have to put kids in, in lower grade level text if they're actually even going to be able to read the text and certainly if they're going to be able to learn from them. And so teachers have very few alternatives. Uh, you know, their, their education doesn't give much. And, and you know, they, they've been, uh, you know, really acclimated to the idea that if a text is hard for the kids, just find an easier text and, and everything's going to be fine. Of course, the problem with that is, is when <laughs> the reason why some texts are harder for people than others is because they contain vocabulary, sentence structure, organizational structure, or some text features that folks don't know about, uh, you know, don't understand how to deal with. And so instead of teaching kids how to deal with these harder texts, we just, you know, keep moving kids to lower texts. And yeah, there are folks out in the marketplace who have a, a vested interest in making sure that uh, that system stays in place. But, you know, it is, it, for 70 years, we've been teaching teachers that they have to do it one way. I don't think we should expect it to, to just turn around immediately because we tell them not to. That, that's why states really need to implement, not just uh, adopt standards. No, I, I agree with you, but it does say something because invariably when, when folks like you and I talk about what needs to change, uh, we always say, well, we need more professional development. If there's one thing we have not been lacking uh, as it pertains to Common Core, it's professional development. Uh, it just doesn't seem to be sticking, does it? No, whatever professional development's been done is is not necessarily uh, accomplishing what, what we'd like to see. I'm going to push back a little bit. I'm going to say there are plenty of places that haven't provided much professional development about their new standards. And, I, and the second pushback would be, and even when they have on, on this particular issue of, of text difficulty, what they've tended to focus on is how do you select uh, complex text? How do you find it? Um, rather mm -hmm. than how do you teach with it? And the big problem for teachers is how do you teach with it? Uh, they can find plenty of it. Textbook publishers and librarians and the, you know, are, are well versed in, in you know, how to you know, come up with text that's complex enough. Uh, but we need to give teachers supports in how do you actually teach with such text? How do you make sure that kids are successful with it? Um, and, and that... I'd say really has been sadly missing. So that's not one I'm willing to put on the teachers quite yet. All right. Yeah, fair, fair point. Very fair point. Sorry, guys. That's all we got time for right now. Much more on that subject and as well as the math standards, which we haven't even touched on today, uh, in our new report, uh, the State of State Standards Post-Common Core. Next up is Amber's Research Minute. All right, welcome back, everyone. And now it's time for Amber's Research Minute with Fordham's one and only Amber Northern and still with us, Robert Pondicio from somewhere in the backwoods. All right. I never get any banter when David's hosting, but it's okay. I like that he's just get to business. So we're going to do it with Ednext new survey poll. They come out with this thing every year and it's their annual one. Uh, so just came out, I think, last week uh, online. I don't even think they've got it out in the new Ednext journal yet. But anyhow, We've got it here. It's about 4,600 adults, nationally representative sample. Um, they oversample parents, teachers, African-American, and Hispanic-Americans. I've got quick findings, nine. There's a ton. This thing is really long, but I plucked out nine. Um, I want you guys to think about what's most interesting or surprising, and we shall talk about it. 
Number one, it appears that teacher strikes may be resonating in the minds of the public. Among those provided with information on teacher salaries in their state, uh, almost half said the pay should increase. This was a 13 percentage jump from point jump over those who said the same thing last year. So that was a big bump. Uh, 63% in the six states that experienced teacher strikes in 2018 favor boosting pay as compared to 47% elsewhere. Number two, school spending among those provided information about school spending levels in their local school districts. 47% say that spending should increase. That's an increase of seven percentage points from last year. Number three, agency fees. Uh, We all recall in June that the Supreme Court ruled that states could not allow public employee unions to impose agency fees to cover collective bargaining costs on workers who don't join unions. And apparently, the public agrees. 56% of the general public and 56% of public school teachers oppose laws that require all teachers to pay fees for union representation, even if they choose not to join the union. That was the wording of the survey. About a quarter of the public and a third of teachers favor agency fees. Number four, they tried to look at differences between union and non-union teachers, and the opinions differed relative to their their status. Um, Basically, uh, one one factoid on this, non-union members are 20 percentage points more likely to support annual testing and reading and math, charter schools, and universal school vouchers. Union members are at least 20 percentage points more likely to support Increase school spending, increase teacher salaries, and giving teachers tenure. Number five, I'm going to try to speed up a little bit. Uh, a majority of the public supports, quote, wider choice for public school parents by allowing them to enroll their children in private schools instead with government helping to pay the tuition. That was the wording. That was a nine percentage point increase from a year ago. Opposition to vouchers has fallen from 37 to 31 percent. Um, interesting. Uh, African-American and Hispanic respondents are more favorably disposed toward vouchers for low-income families than are whites. Number six, charter schools. Kind of big news here, I think. Um, A decline in support in 2017. Um, Public backing for charter schools climbed by five percentage points this year after declining last year. So we've got about 44% uh, supporting, 35% opposing. Um, However, the uptick is concentrated almost entirely among Republicans, widening the divide between Republicans and Democrats on charter schools. So we'll just dig one layer deeper. Approval for charters among GOP voters has climbed from 47 to 57 percent. 36 percent of Democrats now support charter schools. Number seven, Common Core. After falling, we saw last year, that was the big news, right? No, people are not supporting Common Core. Uh, Apparently, it stabilized 45% in support, 38% opposed. That's similar to what it was last year. Number eight, this one we see every year. People ask, like, how is your school doing? Still, half of the public gives their public schools an A or a B. It's remained the same for as long as we can remember. And last one, national disparities and disciplinary practices. This was a little hot topic, so they added it to the survey. Uh, Just 27% of the public favor, 49% oppose, quote, federal policies that prevent schools from expelling or suspending black and Hispanic students at higher rates than other students. Woo, that was a lot, a lot of information in there. So I'll let you guys tell me what did you think was interesting or surprising. 
Well, I'll jump in first. I'm just curious, Amber, since you've read the survey and I've not. I mean, the standard thing that we always talk about is, well, you know, you get the answers based on the questions you ask. So mm-hmm. uh, putting on your your your, uh, your your PhD researcher hat, are you satisfied with the way that Ednex asks these various questions? I am. And what I love about Ednex, and they did it again this year, but I didn't go into the methodology because since Mike wants to, like, bop me over the head when I talk about methodology on the Research Minute, um, but they do... <laughs> ask it several different ways where they can change up the questioning and they provide some respondents with more information. Some respondents don't get it. Um, And so they're actually able to reliably detect differences because of the way that they ask questions from year to year. And so what's interesting, which I didn't have time, when when you use the voucher word, right, you see support going down. When you use some more generic language, it just talks about, you know, supporting kids, low-income kids, you don't see that decrease. So it definitely matters how we ask, ask the question. Uh, was uh, The one that stood out to me, Amber, was the agency fee one. Was that a mm-hmm. repeated question or was that a new question? I think it was a, I think it's actually a repeated question. Okay. Yeah, because um, I remember, I've covered this last year. I remember seeing it last year as well. So yeah, so we saw some a change there, right? And and I think what really stood out to me was the um you, you know that the teachers don't even seem to really support them. Yeah. I, that surprised me a little right. bit. Yeah, no, no, I think I think that's right. And again, I, I paid attention to the the way they worded that, um, and I thought it was I thought it was right, right? I mean, the way that they said it, it's um, all teachers pay fees for union representation, even if they choose not to join the union. I mean, that's that's fair, right? It strikes me as fair. Yeah. And I mean, I guess my takeaway from that why, is... Why does that surprise you? Well, I, you, you know, you, I, 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 I don't teacher. know. I mean, uh, the, 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 I think a lot of us in wonk world assume that the that teachers' unions and their members are a monolith. Uh, surely you remember what it was like to be in the classroom and see that money leaving your paycheck and ask, well, what am I getting for this? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that, Robert. I mean, I, I'm not surprised that teachers are, are divided. I guess I was surprised by the percentage. 56%? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I think my big takeaway is it just, I mean, it's, you know, we all know at the end of the day, the Supreme Court, uh, like most institutions, operates in a political environment. Mm-hmm. And it sounds to me like this decision is going to stick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. Yeah. there's no great outcry to reverse it. That's um, right. Even among groups that you might, you know, necess- think would be, it, perhaps not teachers in general, right? But if there was going to be uh, a movement to re- to repeal it or, or or roll it back. I mean, presumably it would come from uh, you know the heart of darkness, the the public teachers <laughs> unions. Uh, you know that that are that are basically at, you know being directly assaulted by this. Uh, right. the, you know, in their view, by this ruling, and it doesn't seem like uh, even even there, there's a whole ton of. Uh, of of pushback. So yeah, I'll tell you the one that I'm even more interested in struck by is the one about teacher salaries. I think yeah. uh, we have this. Uh, those of us yeah. again in in reform wonk world assume that uh, there's a bit of dissatisfaction out there with teachers. And Amber, you again, you've seen the data. I haven't. Is this a case of 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 folks just finding out? Wait a minute, my child's teacher makes how much? That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, when they find out. So the question changes again based on if they're told their average teacher salary in their state. And so we saw this last year in the Ednex poll, the difference between when they got that information and when they didn't. It's just that the the jump uh, is even, you know, more more increased uh, this year relative to, I assume, all of the teacher strikes and it's just on, uh, you know, on the minds of the public more more than it was in, uh, last year. Yeah, and I mean, I do think it is, it is I mean, it's a reasonable issue, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are, there are definitely states where I would say teachers probably don't make enough. Um, and we, you know, we spend a lot of time in the reform community kind of 
uh, insisting on more bang for the buck. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at the end of the day, (laughs) um, people have to want to become teachers, and that means we got to pay them a living wage. So I I don't know. I don't think this issue is going away. Um, but it was neat soon. that they were actually able to um, look at the states where they had the strikes and see the higher bump there. So, you know, it wasn't it, it actually was resonating in the, uh, some of those states where they'd seen it on, on the nightly news, <clears throat> I'm assuming, yeah. um, than, than and, others. And, and goodness, Amber, school discipline. This is one where uh, Wonk World is trying to lead the discussion and it sounds like uh, parents have other ideas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Amber and I are in the middle of about a, an 18 month conversation about school discipline. That, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it is interesting, right? I think that, it, you know, the point I, I always try to make when I'm in mixed company is, uh, you know, the, the reasonable position here or the thing that we should be talking about is, is probably resources and what's the best way to help kids um, and not, uh, you know, sort of fixating on on the differences between groups because um, it does get controversial really quickly, and I, I think that comes through in the poll. But I got it. I mean, half. I, that was surprised. I actually was surprised by that. That that was half opposing that language. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I knew it was divisive, but I guess I thought it would be. I don't know. Especially, uh, it's public opinion. I don't think I looked at the the teacher. I'm sure. I mean, they've got the cutout for the teachers there, but. Um, I just didn't, I didn't look at that one, but that would be interesting to see if there's differences between union, non-union teachers, the teachers and the larger public and so on and so forth. And, and it's funny the way you interpret that, you're saying half supported. I look at the data and say only one out of four, uh, is, is, um, uh, favors it or, or, or yeah. it, it's opposed right. by all but one out of four, I guess is the proper way to say it. Yeah. Right. All right. That's, that's about big, nine big research minutes there. Uh, thank you, Amber. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all the time we have for today, folks. Uh, so uh, till next week. I'm Robert Pendicio. And I'm David Griffith for the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, signing off. The Education Gadfly Show is a production of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, located in Washington, D.C. For more information, visit us online at edexcellence.net.